Assalamualaikum, everybody. Welcome back to the Your Truth is Calling podcast. I am your host, Nadira Razak. I am recording this particular episode on Friday, Yamul Jumwa, on Friday, the 22nd of December. Um, we've just come back from Jumwa. It's a beautiful, sunny summer day. It's not confusing today where it's like, is it summer? Is it not? You know, um, it's beautiful because it was a full house at the mosque and I was just reflecting on the fact that, you know, when you go out and mingle, like miracles happen. <laughs> so there were people that I knew in the community and um, it was lovely to just, just see like that little con- bit of connection leads to other opportunities and um, yeah, expansion generally. So if you're someone to hermit and usually stay inside, change it up a bit, go to mosque maybe for congregational prayer. Um, I'm sure now the, the ladies' sections do fill up, um, and especially when it's holiday time and everybody's at home, say you have kids, uh, that you can take the messages as well. It It's just beautiful, the atmosphere. So this particular episode is the final in a series that I started. I didn't real, realize it'd become a series, but it was quite popular because um, it was talking about home births and how... Um, initially, it wasn't even in my consciousness that you could go down that path and have your baby at home in water, in a birth pool, um, and hire an independent midwife to oversee the process. Uh, my third baby, well, he's now five, my littlest, my youngest, uh, we've just completed school this week as well. Um, so just to see, you know, because my youngest is in prep, as they call it in Melbourne, Australia or any public school, um, usually the grade sixes um, who are the seniors in a primary school, uh, they buddy up with someone from prep to just show them the ropes during their first year of school. They do special activities with their buddies. And it was so cute to see um, my youngest boy's buddy like literally look for him uh, on the last day of school and come and give him a card for the holidays uh, and just gave him the biggest hug and I almost cried watching her uh, because she's someone who had you know like your classmates write on your uniform when it's your last day of school and they get a send-off because it'll be their first year of high school next year for the grade sixes going into grade seven in their high schools it was really beautiful and obviously some goodbyes. I saw my friend Nayab at the end of um, that assembly because her kids will be going to a new school, inshallah. So it's a lot of, you know, beginnings and endings and transitions. And for me, with this um, particular uh, pregnancy and baby, I thought, oh, you know, I've had two boys. I wonder if I will, you know, I will be having a girl. And I never checked the um, the baby's sex, whether they were male or female, uh, during the pregnancy. So it was always a surprise. And I think, you know, your body sometimes tricks you or your mind wants a particular outcome. So your body starts to feel differently. I felt like, oh, this pregnancy feels so different. Maybe it's a girl and you start to kind of convince yourself. But anyway, we had a third boy. Um, and, uh, it was really interesting how this time I knew that I wasn't even going to look at the hospital system. Cause I said, if you listen to the episode previous to this one, um, I mentioned how I picked the hospital route and then halfway through, I changed it back to home births because I just couldn't, uh, get myself to go through with it. Uh, and so I, I leaned back on what was comfortable to me. And with this particular uh, pregnancy, because it was my third, my chiropractor as well, she was like, well, by, t- by the time you have your third baby, sometimes you, your 
uh, whole structure, your bones and everything, your body needs a bit more TLC, some tender loving care. And I actually met her, I remember it was around this time of the year, it was uh, the December 26th, I think it was like Boxing Day. Um, And I met her there because my husband had been going to my chiropractor and he said, you know what, I think she'll be really good for you uh, because I'd been to a different chiropractor and like nothing worked for me. Uh, my pain in my hip wasn't subsiding because it, I don't know, for whatever reason, this pregnancy uh, had my hip go out of whack and I had to, I, I was limping. And I was in a lot of pain. Like I think I had to just have bed rest for a day or two. I just couldn't move properly. Something affected my mobility. And uh, my current chiropractor, she was able to fix it. Um, And, you know, we got some x-rays done and this and that. And so I was like a new, uh, yeah, client for her. So she took me through the the ropes um, to help me with that. So chiropractic ended up being one of the things that I kept up during the pregnancy. So she would click me here and there, make sure I had room for the growing baby because sometimes you'd find that you're, it's like your lungs collapse almost, like you're not breathing properly because the baby's pushing into all these organs inside. And she was able to just make it more comfortable. So in that sense, this particular pregnancy, I was probably a lot more comfortable in one sense. It was hard in a different way because obviously you've got two younger ones and you're having to do things in the house and still keep them occupied. Plus, you know, uh, get as much rest as you can when you're getting heavier and heavier towards the end. Um, And by this time, when I had my third baby, uh, there's the industry or the body that looks after home births and independent midwives. They had had a change in regulations and legislation. So you couldn't just have one independent midwife. If you were having a home birth, you had to have two independent midwives. So this was the first time I'm having the dynamic of a second person whom I haven't actually had a relationship with prior um, to join the birth team. Um, I... I am quite sensitive to different energies. So if I'm not completely at ease with someone, um, yeah, like I feel it. And for whatever reason, it was like, okay, this was the only choice. And like, we, we went ahead with it. But on the day, I remember we, um, I struggled a bit in my labor because I couldn't feel any contractions in the womb area. It felt like a back labor. So all of the pain was happening through my spine and it was not something I was used to. So I didn't know what was happening. It was like, um, no matter what I did, I couldn't get out of the pain. So it was like this long process. I was tiring. I think my midwife was watching me and she was getting tired, just watching me, you know, like when you're not one going through it, it's harder to watch someone else in pain. Um, so she tried to do all sorts of techniques to help me mitigate the pain, but it wasn't really helping. And then I remembered that my chiropractor had actually told me during this pregnancy that if I ever ran into trouble, I could always ring her to come so she could attend on the day of the birth. And um, I remember telling my husband, could you just text Dr. Joe, my chiropractor? And he hadn't texted her. Obviously, he had gotten distracted with other things on the day. Um, and then towards the end, I was, I was really struggling. I remember being in the shower because obviously when you're laboring, you get quite hot. Your body temperature rises and it just, it feels like, yeah, because obviously your muscles are working so much um, when you're going through that labor process. And I remember making this dua in the shower, just trying to cool off, going and like talking to my yet unborn child saying, look, I'm really sorry. We haven't really had much time to communicate this time. I have been 
having such a full-on life with the other two boys and uh, we had guests staying with us up right up until the end maybe about two weeks prior to the baby um we had my husband's um, aunts staying with us which was beautiful because they had cooked and put food in the freezer for us and things like that which I never had with the other baby so it was beautiful to have that nurturing support from extended family who were like amazing and so loving so it's like a lot as part of my risk it was like I was meant to experience that in this last pregnancy right um but on the flip side of that my husband and I didn't get too much time to connect or communicate because you know when you have guests you your attention goes outwards towards making sure everybody's okay so your normal routines of maybe connection uh and care like that falls by the wayside so I remember uh being with my husband like on the day of this final you know this this last stretch of labor and I'm going I'm not really feeling it from you we're not really communicating very well on the day maybe I had some resentment energy build up and obviously when you're not speaking it when you're not communicating that outwards into the space it does affect your body your body does close up right so for whatever reason it was that brain the mind-body connection my body just wasn't opening up it's like my hips were just tight and locked Uh, So the baby just wasn't descending, right? It's like I was feeling this back labor and the labor wasn't progressing as it should have if I was that long in labor. Um, And so finally, I think I asked my husband again, like, did you text Dr. Joe? And he's like, no. I said, please text her like right now because she did say she can attend if she's able to. Um, if I really need her and I feel like I really need her because I've tried everything and nothing's taking the pain away and I'm getting super tired like I literally thought what if this becomes like an emergency cesarean and I have to transfer to the hospital or something if this baby is not coming but I remember making that very specific do I in the shower going um like I felt like it was like Musa Salam in the Red Sea right I'd saying to my baby I was like look the only way is through I haven't done hospital births before I'm really scared of us having to do that can you please cooperate with me and just come the normal way like I was just kind of having this chat with this baby right and um how beautiful and miraculous Dr. Joe, she actually happened to be at a footy game for her sons in my local neighborhood and it was like eight o'clock at night um and she was able to attend I remember like we'd kept the house in like darkness because my midwives always said what got the baby in is what's going to get the baby out so the more romantic and beautiful and like cozy you can make the atmosphere without too many bright lights and everything the better it is for the baby to just come in that sort of environment so we were in the front room where our master bedroom is and she just came in she was in her like sporty gear she took her shoes off came in and literally showed me what to do and it was funny because it's who you trust isn't it now I had developed a relationship with Dr. Joe over time I was used to the sound of her voice she knew how my body functioned because she was a body worker like she's you know she practices on the body so she knows each woman's body her clients bodies and how they function because it's custom right it's like one person's body will uh, respond differently to certain touch points versus another person so she had gotten to know how my body functions over those months of care prior to the baby coming and that's how like Alice Bonatella has this you know all of this invisible support and the visible support that's available to you right the timing of everything maybe I had to um, have something happen to my hip so that I went and got external help right now if that didn't happen I wouldn't have known that chiropractic was available to me I wouldn't have known that, right? So it's like you look at how much Allah gives you when something goes wrong 
in quotes, uh, there's always something right. There, there's a there's a higher reason and a purpose that something is going to your visible eyes wrong or complicated or not according to your plan, right? Um, and so I'm so so grateful that I had her as a support person because she literally came in, told me, you know what, Nara, you just have to breathe like this for 10 reps. Now, it was painful, um, but because she gave me an end point, she's like, 10 breaths. I was like, I can do this 10 times. There's an end to it. You know, I'm going to be able to come out of it. And she said, the baby should descend because that's going to open up your hips. And because she explained it to me in a way that I understood, my intellect was like on board. My body was like, yes, Dr. Joe, I'll do this. Um, I listened to her. Whereas I remember that second midwife was probably trying to tell me the same thing, but I just couldn't listen to her because I didn't trust her. And it's funny, right? Like you trust different kinds of support people. Um, And I just hadn't developed that relationship with her. So when she told me that, she didn't tell me 10 breaths. She just told me to do it. And I said, no, 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 I'm in pain. I can't do it. And I was being a little bit stubborn (laughs) with her, but my energy was probably responding to hers because I didn't I just clashed with her energy and I clashed with her as a person so when Dr. Joe did that then she taught my husband where he needed to press along my spine on the vertebrae he's like just touch here and then let her do this breath and then funnily enough in 20 minutes I kid you not I was like ready to push I was like Bubby, I said to Tarek, go and go and fill the birth pool again with more warm water because I'm ready to go in now. I can feel the baby coming. I can feel it descending. Like, you know, that urge to push. I was so relieved when I had that sensation because I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness. Alhamdulillah, it's like right there towards the end. The end is near. <laughs> I'm going to finally be able to meet my baby after all of that time of laboring and just being in such a state of despair because I hadn't experienced that level of pain before and I was someone who was not into taking any painkillers or anything um so I just kind of you know was like suck it up (laughs) and just go go along with it my body can do this so um eventually because um the midwife saw that Tarek and I could connect and they knew the the chiropractor was coming in Uh, The two midwives, because they'd been with me for a while, they went across the road. Um, We live across the shopping center. Uh, They went to get some dinner. And I didn't feel like I needed them back in the room for me to have the baby. I just was like, I just need to get in the pool and give birth because I already knew the drill now. This was my third baby, not my first rodeo. Um, And I felt comfortable just with Tarek and my uh, chiropractor just left. She just literally was there for 10 minutes and she left um because obviously she had to go pick up her boys as well and she knew I was fine um yeah I just told Tarek I'm like I'm ready I'm ready to push and I had the baby and subhanallah like uh, my last one he had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck when he came out and my husband like unwrapped the cord and uh, I know that in Sri Lankan superstitions they say they're lucky babies (laughs) when they had the umbilical cord wrapped around their necks when they're born I know my uncle um bless him like he he was one of those babies and I always remember my maternal grandma telling that story um and so I said Bobby like unwrap the cord he's got the cord wrapped around his neck and no wonder he probably had to come in to the earth really really slowly because I guess had he come any quicker he might have got suffocated who knows right subhanallah like Allah protected him from that calamity and protected me from that um so whatever happened it was guided and I know this like you're surrounded by angels when you have babies when you're breastfeeding 
I can't remember whether I was at a halakha and um, one of the um, imam's wives said, like, you have 70,000 angels or something <clears throat> around you when like, a breastfeeding mother is breastfeeding. And it's just for that extra protection of, of the baby and the mother. So I know that there's all that invisible support. You can't see them, but they're there. Um, and I felt held, I felt supported. Uh, I remember going, I put the blank, the baby blankets and all of that in a safe place in a box, um, keeping it all for the, the day of the birth. And I, I, for some reason, hadn't taken it out and left it near the birth pool. And I had to tell Tarek, oh my God, like get a blankie, get a towel, get something <laughs> to wrap the baby. And so then Tarek was already holding the baby um, with him until I recovered a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously we wait, we wait till the umbilical cord stops uh, pulsing before we cut it. So we always had that extra blood and um, goodness coming into the baby before we cut the cord. So we, we did that with all the babies. Um, and yeah, subhanAllah, like it was, for me, it, it felt like the right thing. I don't know if my midwife was very happy with me uh, for not calling them um, as when I needed to go and, and have the baby. But I felt like, you know what, like I, um, that so they came in that last stage of labor, the fourth where you birth the placenta and stuff, they were back um, by then, and I think Tarek just messaged them to say, I think she's already had the baby. So it was one of those uh, moments where I got to, for my final baby, just experiencing a very intimate sort of birth. Just It was just me, my husband, and the baby. And we have our skylights where our dining room is and where our kitchen is. It's like kitchen dining and like a living space. And we literally had to figure out, well, that's where the birth pool goes because you get food-grade hose pipes. Um, I can't remember where my husband sourced it from, but that's what our doula told us in the first birth. So we had that hose from the time we had the first baby. And uh, you hire the birth pool and you hire... uh, uh, The the birth pool is all part of the midwife's fees. And then you buy an inner lining for the birth pool. So the birth pool gets reused for different families and different births. But the lining for that pool, it gets chucked out. So it's hygienic. It's all covered. With that, you, it, everything gets scooped up, clean, uh, cleaned up, and you just you, you chuck the, the lining. Um, so basically, you need access to a tap where the warm water is going to come through. So you have it at a, a nice temperature uh, for you, whereas um, you can't just connect it to any hose and any tap. It, it's got to be a warm water um, tap. So we connected it through the bathroom and it came out. So it has to be long enough um, to come into the pool. And someone just holds the hose into the birth pool for it to fill up with the water. So yeah, so that that was um, the third birthing process. And it was like a finale <laughs> because, um, you know, he was born there in like our dining area. We just pushed the dining table to the corner where the TV is. So we had space for the pool um, and that was it. So for me, I didn't even realize how much birth um, in this way gave me so much confidence in my body and appreciation for what the body could do and also just trust in life. If you can trust your body and trust that life is there to support you, you're not a patient when you're pregnant. Nothing's wrong with you. It's just a rite of passage. People, you know, women, our ancestors, everyone has done this. Everyone's gone through it, right? And um, it it's just like literally being tuned into your own guidance to figure out what to do moment by moment, right? Now, in that moment, I was like, well, I need external help. I remember having this conversation with my chiropractor where she said, if you need me, 
at labor time and you need extra help, I'm there. Like, that's part of my service. You can call me anytime. She didn't charge for that. I was just, I'm like eternally grateful to, to my um, chiropractor for, you know, ha- telling me that she was available because I, I was able to take that advice from her when I really, really needed it, you know, and I could listen to her and I followed through and my husband knew exactly what to do as well because she taught him where to press along my spine while I was doing this particular breath work um, for, for the baby to descend and my hips to expand. My pelvis literally got unlocked in doing that. So it's funny how one part of the body is connected to another part of the body unless a professional is telling you, do this. Like I didn't know that I had to just go through those reps and it just magically, beautifully just op- my body just opened. Um, so uh, be aware of those miracles. Look for your support people. Like who can support you? Who do you trust? And in the end, it's a very personal decision um, as to who you align with, who you resonate with. So Dr. Joe um, is this beautiful, she's petite, she's like Filipino uh, background. She's got this beautiful tan and she's American, uh, but with Filipino background. I love her accent. I can listen to her all day. She's smart. She's just so spiritual and just beautiful and friendly. And uh, yeah, so she was just that sidekick sort of person to have in my corner. Um, and I was just able to lean on that support, then also having that direct relationship and connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to pray and say, look, Allah, <laughs> I really need your help to just open this, um, open this pathway up because I'm really struggling this time. And I, and also I feel like there was a little bit of overconfidence in me thinking, oh, it's my third one. I've got this, you know? So I feel like you get um, slapped on the wrist a little bit when you develop that little bit of confidence becoming overconfidence, you know, like a teeny bit, little bit of arrogance, like, oh, I got this. No, you do not. You do not have this and you do not got this. I know it's broken English, but <laughs> that was literally what life was trying to tell me. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> no, uh, you still need to lean in for support. Keep, yeah, be humble through this because not every birth is the same. Not every pregnancy is the same. Everything is unique. Every single situation. So I will never judge somebody else for choosing another path of how they wish to bring a baby into the world because it's not my thing it, like everybody has access to their own guidance to do their own research and go ahead what I would like to be part of is um, being part of that um, group of people who expand someone's consciousness to go have you looked at all your options uh, you know expanding your possibilities that's what I would want to be a voice for because I have had something slightly different and I appreciated that I had a little bit of a different path um, even when it came to the, like, the maternal health nurse system by the time I had the third baby I remember having again where a maternal nurse was a little bit condescending in one of the sessions and I have like Sri Lankan babies we're not very big in terms of our genetics uh, we happen to have you know more petite uh, structures or bone structures at least in my family and the, and the babies and if you looked historically and um, you know your babies get put and compared to a chart with other babies from other nationalities and other races where their bone structures and the way uh, they develop it, we're not the same so to put us on a chart and be compared and saying relative to other babies you know this one's not doing as well or whatever um and being I don't know I, I it was a very condescending sort of conversation and I I went for like two sessions or something and I said I'm not going back to the maternal health nurse I, I really don't understand 
why this is here. It's not making me feel better. It actually made me feel worse. I don't feel supported. And I wanted to make a, like a, you know, to, to bring up my concerns and have a phone number to call. And I remember there was nowhere to really go and have my voice heard. Um, so I just like hung up. Like I was on the phone a few times trying to get through to, to like a supervisor or someone to just say, this was my experience. This was how I experienced being treated. Um, just want to let you know, but there was no sort of, uh, follow up to me trying to ring through and yeah, get some help around that. So I kind of left it. So, you know, every person's going to have their own journey with that. Um, I mean, I had a really good time with my second baby with the maternal health nurse system, uh, probably because he was a bigger baby. (laughs) So he probably like, you know, uh, ticked all the boxes and um, probably got told you're doing really well. Um, but anyway, that that's just my two cents. But I feel like, yeah, what I want to get across is trust yourself. Trust yourself at every step of the way, whether it's before birth, during birth, after birth, and it's the same recipe for life. You get to choose a different choice point. Is this still the decision? Is this still um, the way? Or do we need to pivot? Do we need to change tracks? Do we need to change course? So don't just lock it in and think, oh, yeah, now we've made a decision we can't change, Right. Um, that's one of the things that the birthing from with all three babies that taught me because I have made different decisions along the way and changed halfway through, even when something wasn't working to go, no, this isn't working. Um, so don't say, oh, it's a sunk cost. Uh, I've put all my eggs in this basket. I I cannot change. You know, that happens with relationships, marriages, all of that. Like you think, oh, everything's going along. And uh, what happens when you don't change is things get stagnant and boring and you don't grow. Nothing is actually working. Whereas on the other hand, people go and create chaos. Um, again, just like blowing up everything that is working, right? So on either side of the spectrum, these extremes in behavior isn't what the middle way is. You know, what Islam teaches us is moderation and the middle way. So find out what your middle way is through any of the decisions that you are coming across in life and stick to that because there's some truth in that. Um, so thank you so much for listening to the Your Truth is Calling podcast. Um, gosh, will we still have another one before the end of the year? I haven't even looked at the calendar. <laughs> I think we'll have one more before it's 2024. Uh, but I do hope that you have a beautiful holiday season wherever you are and that you're getting some really good rest, getting to see people and be social. At least in the summertime over here, it feels like a harvest time, right? You uh, you put out your work uh, and done all the things during the year and now you're starting to see the fruits of it and fruits on the tree during summer. So um, enjoy the berries that are in season. Enjoying, yeah, if you're going away on holidays, enjoy that. And if you can think of someone who will appreciate uh, this episode or any of the other episodes in the podcast, I would love if you could share it and forward it to a friend or tell them where to go listen and point them to a particular episode, inshallah. Um, And if you loved it, I would love a review. I actually keep forgetting to to ask for those things. (laughs) Uh, But inshallah, what I would love to do is probably start like a QA, and a ask me anything kind of a um, thing that maybe we could do like once a month where I could start to meet some of you um, online on Zoom or something just to see what you had in mind and, and what sort of questions you have that you'd like to get answered, inshallah. But otherwise, have a beautiful break. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu.